Hey, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Things have been pretty crazy around here. A lot of you are investing so much time and energy and social media presence and money uh, even just into the Buy a Tree project that we're doing. And just thank you. I'm going to be sharing a little bit more on that in the service. So I'm not going to share a ton on it right now. But just say thank you. What you're doing is making a difference. And we've sold over half of our trees. So we're hoping after today and by the end of next Sunday, we're sold out is really our goal. So we've got a big, strong push here this week to hopefully sell out because we're really getting into profit now. Like you had to cover all the expenses of the trees. And so the rest of this is just going to be profit, which we're really excited about. So we'll be giving you more information on that later in the service and later this week. So um, it's, it's Christmas season. Everybody in the Christmas spirit now? I don't know if you're tired of Christmas music, but I'm almost there already. And I didn't start early either. I started like when you're supposed to start, like December or like Black Friday or something. That's when I started getting into it, but I'm like already tired of it. There's so much that comes with the Christmas season. And historically, the church has celebrated something called Advent. You may have grown up in a tradition that put a highlight on this. Many traditions have not uh, kind of kept that um, uh, word around, but really the, the idea of Advent is, is uh, after Thanksgiving, really the, the weeks leading up to Christmas, we would celebrate, and really in our celebration, it would really be about the anticipation, and the expectation, and the, the waiting, and so they had this song about waiting that was so perfect um, for us this morning, that in this waiting, God's, God's working, and so that would be my prayer for each one of us, that in the, the coming weeks, as we move to Christmas, we wouldn't just be getting gifts together, and getting Christmas parties together and the tree together and decorations together, but we'd be preparing our heart for something fresh that God wants to do in us um, and just more of his presence in our life. And so we're, we're going to dive into this series called The Present over the next few weeks leading up to December 21st, which is going to be our big Christmas service. Our kids are going to have a special kind of presentation that morning. It's going to be a fun day. So we're going to start this series called The Present, and immediately we think about Christmas presents. You may think about Jesus, the present. Um, we're going to be talking about all of that, of course, but also the present time and what God has for us in the present moment and that God's come to be with us. God with us is what uh, Emmanuel, God with us, really means. And so um, we've all had this situation happen to us when we're got to run into the grocery store this time of year or traffic's like crazy. Has traffic been crazy for everybody this week? I don't know why. It's like it's not, I don't know that people are, are more in town or, or, or what's going on, but we're all over the place and the parking lots are always full. But we've all had this one day where we're pulling in, the parking lot's full, and we're like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to walk a hundred yards or a mile to get into the store. But then we're like, I'm just going to check it out up front, see what happens. We're not going to be one of those people that circle 30 minutes. Anybody do that? Okay, just admit. Okay, all right, there's some honest people. Uh, we're not going to circle until we find the right spot, um, but maybe we're going to go down, we're just going to see. Just check it out, see if there's anything up front, and, and there it is. There it is. The first parking space. I mean, it's in front of the handicap section, which I don't think is legal, but there's like the perfect space. It feels like the heavens have opened up, and there is the front row parking space, and we're like, parking favor, like we just sing a little song, and all of a sudden, we got a little bit of a strut into the store, we're like, things are going good, God is on my side, we've had those moments, but I think we've all had those days where we've forgotten, we, we've forgotten, it's a new word, put it in 2015 dictionary, uh, we've all forgotten like 24 things in 24 hours, where but we spill the coffee on 
our lap or we forget to button our fly, whatever it is, we've had those days where it seems like everything that can go wrong has and will go wrong in that day. We've had both of those things, and I don't know about for you, but for, I think for many of us, we immediately think, what did I do wrong, God? And on the day with the parking favor, like, I must, that was because I opened that door for that lady. We, we begin to connect these dots of, we did this, therefore this, right? And when things are going wrong, we're like, God, what did I do? And, and though we don't believe in karma as Christians, we basically believe in karma. Like, if we do this, we do that. But the, the thing is, is we've got to look at the gospel and look at, at what it looks like to be sons and daughters of God. And so really, I, I want to teach on something today that comes up in the very beginning of Mary's journey and really the very beginning of when she's told that she's going to have a baby. And this word that shows up is the word favor. And I think in the Christian world, we've often taken this and used it and abused it and misunderstood it, and today I, I just want to teach from the scriptures today on really what it looks like for sons and daughters of God to have favor in the present. Favor in the present. So we're beginning a series called The Present, so everything will be wrapped around the present or will be wrapped in a present. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 1. We're going to go through verses 26 through 38 and uh, dive into this, and we're going to see this idea of favor come up here. Uh, so verse uh, 26 is where we'll begin. Let's read a few verses, and then I'll kind of catch us up on some context once we kind of see where we're reading. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a uh, town in Galilee, uh, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Let's stop right there. So let me tell you who Elizabeth is. Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, okay, and she's been unable to conceive a child for many years with her husband, Zachariah, and they were, they were good religious people. Zachariah was involved in the church. He's very involved. He's a leader in the church, was always there doing everything he could, and his wife was unable to get pregnant, and in our times, like, that's a tough thing. Like, some, some families in, in the house, some, uh, some of the ladies in the house have had to live with that and had to, to deal with that and walk through what that looks like, and there's a lot of pain involved with that. It, it's very tough in, in our society. Back then, uh, it, it was, and I don't mean to make light of anything now, but it was, it was, it brought disgrace on your family. Like, with someone that's unable to get pregnant, we don't look at them and be like, oh, you're so disgraceful. But in their time, it was very much a disgrace to not be able to have a child and carry on the lineage and the heritage of that family. And so it's a big deal that Elizabeth has not been able to get pregnant and what we're going to find out uh, about her. But it, and that's kind of what references this whole time period of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the sixth month. And it says that Mary was a virgin. So let's go ahead and read verse 28, and I'll give you a little more context. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, and this is where we're going to spend some time, the Lord is with you. So we all know the story, right? Like Mary gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That's always one of those head scratchers that we can't fathom. It's a miracle of God, um, but it, it's foundational to the Christian belief and, and, our, and our Christian understanding, uh, but it, it's a big deal in their time, and just to kind of put you in the context of this scenario and what this meant, um, to, for she wasn't just engaged. Like we would immediately think Mary was, she was pledged to be married, but it wasn't engaged in our common, you know, American thinking. Like when we get engaged, like we've fallen in love. Like we've 
gotten romantic and he, you know, took me out on dates and bought me nice things and, you know, I thought he would take care of me, all these things of what we think uh, to get to the place of being engaged and we ma- I made this decision, but this is very much in an ancient Middle Eastern, even now, like Middle Eastern families that are, are probably here in, in Eastern families that live in the States, very much there's arranged marriages and that's very much their society and how things were. So when she was pledged to be married, she could have been pledged to be married from the time she was a little child. Her mom would decide that. Her father would sign off on it. If it, was a ba- it was a contract over the woman. So we, we love the New Testament because it just brings women to not a place of being slaves anymore. Ladies, just say amen to the scriptures and uh, property. And, and, and just to, to see what happened in the early church with women was amazing. And so God wanted to use them. Um, but in this time, like, it was a big deal, um, and, and for a, a virgin to get pregnant as Mary's going to uh, would not just be, you know, faux pas or not a good idea, but she could be stoned, and she would be stoned um, for, for having sex before um, her marriage, and like, being engaged, like, it, it, it was not going to happen, like, unless you were going to be stoned. You're going to be taken out there by the community and stoned for this offense. It was a big deal, Okay. And so just with all that kind of in play and the, the, the things that Elizabeth is going through, the things that Mary is feeling as this story unfolds, I think can kind of set the stage for understanding this idea of favor. So let's stay right there, verse 28. Greetings, you who are highly favored. So talking about favor, just favor in the present, is I think to understand the word favor, we have to understand the word grace because the, the Greek word here is chera too, which comes from this, the Greek word for grace. Cheris is how we would read it now. That's not how you read it in Greek, but that's kind of how we understand to, to read it. And so, greetings, you are highly favored. It's basically you who are pursued with grace. It, it comes off of this idea of grace. So to understand favor, we have to understand grace. And grace is that God pursued us, and what we didn't deserve, we get. We get. We didn't earn it, but he gave us. But going back to our idea of parking favor... And this idea of, what have I done? And this, I, this whole kind of karma mentality is, is not the gospel. It's not the gospel. That's a very much a works-based mentality, and that's the old covenant. That's not the new covenant. And so while we may think and we may begin to connect these dots and be like, that was karma, that was karma, the gospel is not karma. Because we can't stand up under the law. We can't stand, we, can't, we will ne- we'll never be favored up under our own actions. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We can't match up. We, that, that was what the whole Old Testament was about, but so we want to still live under that. But it comes from grace, and to understand grace, it's really, it's not just about being blessed and highly favored, but it's really understanding that we're flawed, and, and even on our best days, we don't measure up, but it's God's grace that has pursued us, that has surrounded us, and that's really the understanding of this word favor is a grace that pursues us, that endlessly pursues us and, and that surrounds us. It's very powerful. And I think this next thing, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you is so important. So really the, the, the first point here is that we're favored because God's with us. If we want favor in the present, we've got to understand that the favor that we have from the Lord, the grace we have from the Lord It's not because we did everything perfect today. It's not because we marched in such a a straight line. It's because that we welcome the presence of God in our life. It's because we know that we have the Lord. That's what grace is. It's not about, okay, we've made everything perfect. Now 
because none of us can stand under that. Uh, that's real, what real grace is. So if you'll throw the first point up there, that favor is, is really because he's with us. And so we've got to be accepting that and be open to the fact, if we want to really walk in favor and what that really means, God's relentless grace pursuing us and surrounding us, we've got to know that it's because he's with us. And that's what is being said to Mary. It, it, it's that God's with you. Like you're highly favored because God's with you and he's chosen you. He's pursued you. And she may in this moment begin to kind of question what this even means. Let's go to the, the next verse, verse 29 here. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Like some of us that have never heard the word favor, like we, we've heard people say it before, like I have no idea what you're talking about. We've never understand that. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. Verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. We have a lot of fears, right? I mean, we, we don't talk about them a lot. We don't deal with them. Like our, our son, he's not in here, so I'll talk about it. Um, but he, he's starting to develop some fears. I mean, he's just at that age where fears are developing. You know, before, he doesn't think it's a big deal for him to just dive off into the pool when nobody's around. But as we get older, we develop these little phobias, and we understand in, in a very positive way. And I, I think we all have those, and we don't recognize those, but um, really the idea of, of favor, I think, works. And, and God's grace pursuing us, I think favor is at work in this. God's grace is at work in our movement from fear to faith. It's in that movement there that, that the favor of the Lord. And sometimes we think, once I conquer this, I'll have faith, right? Like once I overcome this. But it's really the grace of God, the favor of God that opens the window for the parking spot. And we begin to understand his grace for us, his love for us in these small moments. But it's not really based on our circumstances. But, but favor is certainly at work. The grace is certainly at work in moving us from this place of fear, whatever that might be, a fear of death or a fear of the dark or the fear of the future and how you're going to provide for your family, whatever the fear you might be dealing with, grace and God's grace and his unmerited favor is at work in moving us from this place of fear to faith. And that's something that, that Mary is very much having to deal with. If we're fearful about what the future brings, we'll never understand grace in the present. We'll never understand favor in the present. If we're always worried about the future, we'll never be able to, to walk with the Lord in the present. We're always caught up in, in, in what's next and what's to come, and we can't really experience God's grace, and, and we'll miss out on stuff he has right now. And so in this, in this season, in this Christmas season, where we're looking ahead, right? We're doing a lot of looking ahead, like, I got to get this done and that done. I need to get ready for this party and, and, and go off on this trip. I pray that we just kind of slow down and all the, the fears and the worries that we're going to forget something or how is this going to work out. We would take a deep breath and just enjoy the presence of God in the present. God wants us to enjoy his presence, and many times we don't. He's with us in the present, so we don't have to worry about the future, about the, the present, and we can just enjoy this time with him, that he's come and he's with us. Let's go back to the text this morning. 
<clears throat> you'll conceive and give birth to a son. So there's a little bit of a change here. I'll just talk about favor for a second. It's going to move into a very much pro- prophetic time where this angel is declaring who Jesus is and what he'll do. And I think there's like seven or eight different things that are, are very much clearly declared here that will be fulfillment to Old Testament prophecy. That's for hundreds of years, things have been prophesied that this would come to play. Here's one more time, this is going to happen, and it's going to be your child, Mary. They've grown up in this Jewish understanding. They know about Messiah to come, and like, can you just imagine this little bit of an overwhelming moment for Mary? She's like, who, me? Who, me? Uh, you'll receive, you'll conceive and give birth to a son, Okay. You were, to call, uh, you were to call him Jesus. Gives him the name. Verse 32. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. All these like promises. And he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And we were just singing, your kingdom will last forever. Your love will last forever. It, it's, it's right on, on target for this text today. <clears throat> and then we uh, go to verse 34. And so Mary responds to the prophetic, this of what's to come in your life. Uh, she responds to it with very practical questions. Have you ever felt like you kind of knew God was telling you to do something, or someone kind of spoke something into you? You're like, yeah, I don't, you have all these questions, right? Those things bring on some questions, very practical questions. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Great question. It's like in, in class, great question, student. Let me answer that. And the angel responds, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the idea of favor and the Holy Spirit overshadowing are, are very much connected in this idea. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Like, good answer. That's still just a tough answer for me to wrap my brain around. And, and I'll say this to us this morning because I think this is all connected and her questions and her response and and it's difficult for us to understand favor. I mean, it just is because we're not deserving of it. We can operate off things that we think that we're deserving of and we're worthy of, but when it, we realize and more and more understand that we're not worthy of, that's when I think we really begin to grasp the idea of favor. And really what we have to grab onto in the next point here is that favor is the reality for us as sons and daughters of God. It's not some hope like, Lord, I really need your favor here, and, I, and we can pray that and show it, and, but when we're talking about that, most of the time we're talking about these tangible things, we're not talking about his, his grace in our life, we're not really talking about um, just his presence with us, most of the time we're just talking about stuff we need done, and this whole time we've neglected this favor, but all of a sudden now we need this favor, we've forgotten that we've had it the whole time. We've forgotten we've had it the whole time. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The, the favor is, is the reality of, of sons and daughters, regardless of our circumstances. It, it, it's our reality. And some of us are, are programmed to a victim mentality and not an heir mentality. Uh, not as sons and daughters, but as, as victims or as uh, those that the, the Lord has fought against. And we have to uh, renew our mind into the understanding that, that we're sons and daughters of God, and that we're, we are blessed, and we're blessed not because of, of the Bentleys and the Rolls Royce or the, the big house, we're blessed because he's with us. We're favored because he's with us. Favor is our reality as sons and daughters of God, regardless of our circumstances. 
And, we, and that's why we can declare that truth of God. I need your favor in this. I need you to work this out. And uh, I don't know how many times I've prayed that. I could, I could share on and on about all kinds of things that God just showed himself. We had one this past week that was amazing for our, our Kenya team. It was something that was not even on the map. It was not even on the map. Nobody, we had purchased our tickets months ago. There's five of us going. Purchased our tickets months ago. And uh, it was, we, we spent about $1,600 per ticket, pretty expensive tickets, um, just about. The whole trip was going to cost us 3000 or a little more for each person to go, so a lot of money. Um, and uh, we weren't even thinking about this, but uh, certainly everyone's been praying for the trip, praying that God will work everything out, and out of nowhere, God's grace pursuing us, His favor just pursuing us, they, they move our times, and, and so um, they begin to switch some of our flights around, so in Atlanta, on the way back, we were going to be stuck in Atlanta for like eight hours. I don't know if you've ever done international travel or any travel at all, but the last thing you want to do at the very last leg of a trip is sit there for eight hours. You're like, get me home. I love these people, but I'm ready to be in my bed, and I'm, I'm glad we did good, but I'm ready to, to, to sit in my house, in my underwear. Like, we just, you know what I mean? We're just ready to be home. That's the last thing we wanted, and so several of us that knew about this were just kind of bummed. We're like, man, that kind of stings. We'll live with it, but it just kind of stinks, and we didn't, like, complain about it to the Lord, but it was just like, eh. And so our travel agent is like, hey, man, I'm, I'm not happy about this. I'm just going to keep working a little bit on this. I didn't ask him to. He's just like, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, he didn't have to, but he just kept going and working a little bit. He ended up finding some stuff, and, and this is just the favor of God at work in the very practical, tangible things that we didn't even ask for. But what we looked at as like a circumstance is we were going to be at a loss. We just waited. We were patient, and we saw God work in an incredible way, so much so that our travel agent was able to switch a couple of things around. God dealt it a refunded ticket, which is a miracle in itself. They refunded our tickets completely, and we were able to, to get all of our flights for only $915 a piece. So about a, almost a six to uh, $700 swing in price per ticket. That's a, a lot of change, folks. And um, we can look at all that stuff and be like, man, that's just your travel agent working hard. Uh, the travel agent has been doing this for a long time. He, he books for missionaries a lot, and he talked to um, a missionary to Africa that's been going for 20 years, every single year for multiple months, uh, for 20 years. And he told him about this, and he said, I've never, ever heard. I've been traveling for 20 years, and even 20 years ago, you couldn't get it for that. Um, I mean, you call it what you want. I know in my life um, that I, I don't have a victim mentality, so when something bad happens, I'm not like, oh, God, what did we do wrong? I realize that our reality is sons and daughters, and we can be patient in the waiting. This Advent season, we can be patient in whatever we're going through, knowing that God's working, and that we don't have to carry this victim mentality that the world's falling apart. We're still conquerors. We're still sons and daughters, and so we can just receive his blessings when they come in the practical, and when they don't, we're still sons and daughters. We still have his presence with us, and that's the beauty of favor. It's that it's always pursuing us, even when the circumstances um, don't look like it. Verse um, 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Like, this is big news because um, 
Elizabeth had kind of gone into a cave, not a real cave, but she had just went kind of on hiatus, not doing any visiting. I'm just going to kind of got morning sickness, and I'm tired. I don't want to walk over. They were out of town. They just kind of went into the hole and just kind of stayed home for six months. So she hadn't seen her cousin in six months. All of a sudden, she didn't even know she was pregnant, but here the angel is telling her, hey, your cousin, remember her? Like, she was not able to get pregnant, and now she's pregnant. She's in her sixth month, in fact. So she's getting ready to have her baby pretty soon, and immediately that builds Mary's faith a little bit. What we did last week, I don't know how many of you were here, but last week we sat on this couch with a few folks and just allowed them to share their story about what God's done in their life. That was our Elizabeth moment, angel. That was to to share and for people to be encouraged by what God has done in people's life. And and maybe you heard that. Maybe you need to go back on a podcast and listen to it. But, But hearing those testimonies and building up, God brings those things to build faith so that we're prepared to walk out what he's called us to walk out. There was a time in, in, my, in my heart where I, I struggled to hear people's testimonies. I did. Testimonies about God. There, there was a time where I, when I was around folks and they were telling things about God, this was probably five years ago, where I was struggling to see God working in my own life, and so I certainly didn't want them to see working out in other people's life. Maybe you've had that happen before. We're like, they got a new job. Well, I wish I could get a new job. They got a new car. I wish I could get a new car. And that's all we do. Like to our brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes our brother and sisters in our home, sometimes to our husband or wife, maybe to our best friend, and you, we just slowly begin to despise people. The Lord did so much work in my heart to get me to uh, a place of just loving to hear about what God's doing because it, it builds my faith and encourages my faith and Maybe you've been like that. When you see God and hearing about God working in your life, your, your heart is just kind of hard to it, and you're just like, yeah, but what about me? I think there's something good to that, and I also think there's something really dangerous to that. I think there's a longing in you to see something, God do something incredible. So take that. Take that part of it. But be very careful because there's this bitterness where we don't love the people around us. We don't wish the best for them. We don't respect and love and want God to work in their life. And I think as true brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be encouraging that. We should rejoice when others rejoice and when, they, when they're mourning, mourn. And so many times we're so quick to kind of move our heart in that direction, but really just allowing the Lord to just continually purify our motives in our heart through even the testimonies. Verse 37 for no word from God will ever fail. Like the last song they were just singing was just right on target with that as well. No word from God will ever fail. Um, this, is, this is powerful. This is powerful for us today in the, the, the idea of favor and whatever our circumstances are. We don't see things playing out, but we receive the word of God. We, we receive his word and his truth over our life. Regardless of circumstances, it's still on that, that same point of no, God, uh, no word of God is going to fail, and we can trust and put, take, you can take that to the bank, if you will, um, that, that God's word is not going to fail, and verse 38 is, is where we'll, we'll begin to land the ship here. And Mary's response is where we need to move today, all of us. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let, let me tell you some things about their society. 
And let me go ahead and just throw the last point up here, is that favor is, favor is really about submission. Um, it's unlocked through submission. If we want God's grace to really just be flowing to us and through us and all of that, it, it's really about submitting. Because some of us, God's wanting to do some things, but we're not letting them. He, he, he's want, but we won't obey. And we're going to talk a little more about obedience next week. But, but really, it's unlocked through just submitting. God was not looking throughout the history of the Bible. He wasn't always looking for the most talented, the smartest, or the perfect people. He was looking for the people who were willing. There was one point in Scripture where, where God says, or the Scriptures say that God searched the whole world for one righteous person and couldn't find them. But God's just looking for someone that's willing today. Willing to say yes. This was a big deal for Mary. Like, she knew, like, this could be my life. Like, we don't think about that a lot, but, like, she didn't know if she was, like, saying yes to, like, a death sentence or she was saying yes to the birth, really the birth of the Messiah. It was a big deal for her in this. And I, I think for us in this place, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, we can all get to this place of submission whatever circumstance and how difficult it seems, like being able to say yes to the Lord is, is the simple response that we need to really unlock the, the favor of God. It, it, let me tell you just a little bit about the context of this last phrase, if you'll go back to her phrase here. In fact, go back to like verse 36, and let's read through verse 38 one more time. I want to reveal one more thing in this. Verse 36. Even Elizabeth, verse 37, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my brain. Go all the way back to verse 34. Just keep searching until you find it. I'm sorry, verse 33. Now I'm just going to keep going for humor. Verse 32, I'm just kidding. Keep going, keep going. Because I literally can't remember where it's at. Go back, <laughs> two more. Um, two more. Two more. I'm, I'm literally just playing with you right now. Um, <laughs> if I hold the Bible in front of me, I'm, I'm getting it right here, man. Um, uh, verse 35. I went right past it. <laughs> After Mary's questions, various questions, how will this be? I'm, I'm a virgin. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born, we call the Son of God. This idea of, of overshadowing, again, I told you that um, the, the husband was, that she was betrothed to, that she was um, pledged to be married to, it didn't come out of a romantic thing. In, in their view of um, a husband was not that of one who would be a companion and who would be compassionate. Many times men ran in this circle and women ran in this circle. It was a contract, it was that we did the deed you know, to have children. It wasn't this idea of romance that we understand today, and hey, I appreciate the romance side of it. I really do. As opposed to what their culture was at that point. I enjoy our American culture in that, but there, there, there's something in this kind of nugget to pull out is because their view was that a husband was to come alongside and to encompass, encompass the spouse, to, to fully clothe her in shield and shield and protect her, and the wife would take on the husband's honor. And throughout the scriptures, 
God the Father is referenced as a groom or the, the, the bridegroom in the church um, as it's kind of forecast and prophesied into the New Testament to consider the bride, that we're the bride of Christ. And so here even with Mary, this idea of, of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her and, and um, her saying yes. In their time, like if, if a man were to pursue a woman, like say he was like, hey, I, I want to, to marry you, Really, and, and this, ladies, this is going to be a little bit uncomfortable for you to even think about because this is not our culture. But in this culture, if, if I wanted you, all I had to do was really touch you. I know that sounds insane. But all I had to do was touch you. And you could resist for a second, but as soon as you, you kind of were surrounded, understood that I wanted you and I was pursuing you, you would, you would stop. And Mary's response in verse 38 is basically what you would say. And so as we get this idea that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her and overcome her, this idea of pursuing and encompassing and surrounding and protecting and being provision and taking on the honor of the groom where we have no honor in ourselves, we take on his honor all we have to say is, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm yours. When we feel the Lord touch us, we may want to resist for a second, but when we understand that he is pursuing us, that he wants us, he wants to, us to take on his honor because our honor's not good on our own, we just say, I'm the Lord's. I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. <laughs> just let it be as you wish. And it's submission. So I want to ask you to stand today but to bow our hearts. And if we can just close our eyes around the room just to center ourselves on the Lord and focus on what he's doing in our life right now. I, I, I just want to ask you, like, what is God doing in your life right now? Maybe there's some circumstances that don't make sense. Maybe there's some fear about the future or even the present. And God has come. He's come with favor to us, to pursue us with his favor. And it's our new reality. If you're new to Christ, if you've misunderstood what favor is, it is the reality as sons and daughters and to set aside the victim mentality, to set aside the, the karma mentality that we really can't live under. It's the old covenant. Let's pray today. God, I pray today that our hearts are surrendered and we understand that you have pursued us as you pursued Mary. And as your sons and daughters, God, we are we're blessed and we, we're highly in favor, God. And when we have no honor on our own, you have, we take on your honor, your goodness, your perfection, God. And help it to stir up our hearts today, God, not just for something to do in the future, but that you are with us now, God. And the favor that we have is because you're with us. God, help us to be more and more aware of your presence. Help us to welcome you in this place, God, into this vessel that you've given us. Help us to walk it out, God. In Christ's holy name, we pray. Amen.